Welcome to Grace Messianic's weekly podcast. My name is Aaron Binge, and I am going to be teaching on what I like to call learning the Hebrew roots of our Christian faith. Grace Messianic is located halfway between Crawfordsville and Waynetown on State Road 136. We believe that as believers in Jesus, whom you'll hear me refer to as Yeshua sometimes, we have an obligation to be obedient to God's instruction. In Hebrew, that word for instruction is Torah. What believer in his or her right mind would not want to be obedient to our Heavenly Father's instruction? Of course we all want that. Our goal at Grace Messianic is to get to know the Hebrew roots of our Christian faith because the truth of the matter is our faith is rooted in Israel. Our Messiah is an Israeli Jew. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is going to come back one day and rule and reign from the throne of David from Jerusalem. So come with us each week as we go through God's Word, as we learn the history and we learn the context from which it was written. I want to let it be known that we fully believe that we are saved by grace through faith and not of works lest we should boast. We believe the words of Paul when Paul says, If you so much as confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. We believe that there's no other name under heaven by which man is saved but the name of Jesus. We believe that there is not one law we can perform that will get us saved. We believe that we are no more saved than the next Christian. But we also believe that because we are saved, we want to be obedient to our Father's teaching. And that's what this is all about, is learning our Father's teaching, which is His Torah. So we ask that you come with us as we graciously, cautiously, and lovingly walk that path. Like Jeremiah said, that you dig up those ancient paths and walk on them. We pray that you would come with us. And we ask, Father, in your name, in the name of your Son, Jesus, that you would bless this teaching and that you'd bless this ministry, bless this podcast as we set out to learn the Hebrew roots of our Christian faith. We ask that you'd be in it, Father, because if you're not in it, if your spirit isn't leading it, Lord, we don't want to have any part of it. So we just hand it over to you and we ask it all in the mighty name of our salvation, Yeshua, Jesus. Amen. I promised Chris we'd do a recap of each letter, because it's been a while again. Okay, we'll go over what each one is, what its number is, and what its meaning is. Anybody want to? Aleph. Number. What's that mean? Master. Thank you. Bet. What's that? Number two, what's that mean? House. House. So, you see the integration here of the, of the words, the master of the house being father, av, av in Hebrew. Next letter. Gimel. Gimel. Number three, camel. Okay, we had made the case for... Uh, for uh, recapping's sake, that the master can be easily recognized as the father, right? The three in one. So many of his names start with, with Allah, El Shaddai, Elohim, and so on and so forth. 
But yet we can make a case for that being the son because he housed among man. He tabernacled among mankind, right? He took up residence. Uh, the word son in Aramaic and in Hebrew, uh, whether it's ben or bar, starts with bet, okay? We made a case for the gimel as to representing the man dressed in the camel's skin, right? And do you remember what the surrounding words are with this? Remember begav? Means garment. That's bet, gimel, dalit means garment. And then gimel and bet, gav, because the bet is a V also, B and a V. Bet and gav, or uh, I'm sorry, gimel and bet is gav, like G A V, which means locust. Okay? Next letter. Do I? <laughs> I heard three different letters. Dalit. Dalit, what's that mean? Number? Number four. Okay, so we've got a picture of the guy dressed as a camel eating locusts. The Talmud talks about him running from the house to the door, bringing provisions for the one behind the door who is impoverished because the root word of Dalit is Dal, which means impoverished. So he's got something that this guy needs. This guy, the Dalit, is turned away from the Gimel in stubbornness. Okay? But the next letter is what? Hey. Number five. Two, three, four, five. And if we backtrack to the Aleph in the Torah scrolls, the hey is a Dalit with an upside down. Remember what that letter is? It's an upside down Yod. The Yod, so it's like the, there's two Yods here in a Vav. It's like the hand of God. The picture is, as a messianic, I would say the picture in, in the book that I'm teaching from, from Grant's book, he talks about the picture is that the guy behind the door who was impoverished accepted the gift. And now he has, he has the, the spirit of God dwelling in him via the hand of God. This, the hand of God is now working in his life. And remember how that's, hey, it's uh, the breath. The breath of life. Okay, makes sense, right? Remember these first seven letters are representative of the gospel. For the sake of our study, they're representative of the gospel. So, so far I can see that. You guys see the gospel in that, right? Next letter. Vav, number six. Think monster energy, remember? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, number six, this, this letter represents man. I believe it's used for the first time in the Torah, in the sixth letter in Torah. Heavens and earth. Remember, vav is and, it's a hook that hooks words together. If I say Lucas and myself, that means the two of us joined together are going to do something, right? Um, next letter. Zayin. Zayin. 
Zayin looks really similar to the Vav, doesn't it? What does the Zayin represent? Weapon. The weapon or the sword. And we had talked about how it's got a crown in the Torah scroll. And it's, the, it's like the crowned, the crowned king holding the sword of the Spirit. Talking about Messiah. You see that? We talked about the broken. Remember the broken Vav? Go back to number six. Remember the broken Vav in uh, the story of Pincus, of Phineas? Remember, it looks like a hand. It's like a yod holding a spear, <laughs> driving the spear down through the Israelite man and the, and the, uh, the Gentile woman. And uh, so back to Zayin. Zion is, it's the sword, it's a weapon, but it's also connected with food, which we're going to talk about that again, again today. There's another food, real weird connection to food. And that's number seven. And that's, we made a case back in the week that we did this, that that could represent the completed man of God, equipped with the spirit, the sword of the spirit, right? Next letter. Chet. Chet is the first letter of what word? Remember? To life. Chaim. Chet represents life. These next seven letters are going to represent this walk in the Spirit with, with our Messiah. Okay? So this one here, of course, life. We've got new life. Uh, Rodney said it earlier, Behold, I come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. Right? Next letter is what? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that, yeah. It's similar to that one, and it's similar to the very last letter, which is a Tav. It's got a weird curve on the bottom of it. But yeah, life. It's also... As we're in the Passover, the week of Passover, it's, it's like the door. Hiss up the blood being put on the door. It's life. Life for those who are behind it, right? The firstborn behind that door. Um, next letter. No, Tate. Tate in the Torah scrolls is a Zayin with the Vav bound down to you. Remember that? Or it represented, you remember what else it represented? It has a duality. A serpent. So it's either it's either the new man of God walking hand in hand, yoked, yoked together with the King of Kings, and bound to him in submission, or it's the serpent, right? Which I can kind of that makes sense when you think about Moses holding up the serpent in the wilderness. You look at it, you'll be saved. You know, um, he became sin for us. And this is a really quick overview here too. So, this letter here, Yod. You see Yod all over the place. I believe that when he says Jot and Tittle, Jot is the Yod. And I think the Tittle is like the, uh, remember we talked about how a dolly in the, in the scrolls has these little tick marks on the side of it? It's those, those little tiny marks. Yod represents what? The hand of God. We talked about we want to 
See his hand working in us, right? Working in our lives. Which leads us to our letter today. Anybody know what that letter is? I haven't told you yet. <laughs> Nobody read ahead. It's cough. Pronounced like cough. <laughs> cough. Go to uh, Psalm 119. Yeah, that's not too shabby for. I'm hoping I can remember. Next time. Oh. All right, 119. Verse. We have verse 80, I think. 81. Verse 81. We're not going to read there yet. I just want to get our. Get the place. All right. When we look at cough, okay, now remember these, these letters are going to be, these next seven are going to talk about the walking in the Spirit as a new believer. Um, so we have cough right here. It's 20. Look at the resemblance here. This is going to be important as we learn about this letter. Cough represents, or it represents, it looks a lot like bet. It looks a bunch like bet. It's just got a curve. Yes, it's curved instead of instead of uh, sharp edges there. And remember, these these letters are literally numbers in Hebrew as well. So when you get up into the hundreds and thousands and so on, there needs to be a way to do that. And we're gonna as we go. This letter is twenty. So it went straight from eight, nine, ten to the number twenty, which is also similar to Be'et. Kaf is really similar to Be'et, which is number two. Okay? Anybody know what Kaf means or want to take a stab at it? A lot of times you can tell from what you're reading there in the verses. Kaf means palm. Like the palm of our hand. Okay, so let me read this to you. Usually when, when the Torah refers to the work of one's hands, when it says the hands there, it's not really saying hands, it's saying palms, the work of your palms. So the, the palm, the kaf, is synonymous with what you do, your, your works, right? So if it represents our works, our works in the Lord, our works, obviously, should resemble whose? Messiah's. Remember we talked about as we, as we uh, walk yoked with Him? Yeah, as we, do, as we perform mitzvot. As we walk yoked with our Messiah, whose burden is light, His burden is easy and His yoke is light. The goal is to become more like Him. And we, we made the case way back a few weeks ago that we always hear the term unequally yoked. Don't be unequally yoked. And usually it's used with a non-believer and a believer dating or being married. And there is a time when, there, when we are unequally yoked on purpose. And that is when a young ox is learning from an older ox. 
right? So in our case, being yoked with our Mashiach, he's obviously the more mature, right? So we're unequally yoked because he's carrying the weight, right? <laughs> he's carrying the weight. It's not a 50-50 pull. He's, I'm walking with him, but he's dragging me along a lot of times, okay? Um, but anyway, as we walk this walk, we should be more and more like him, okay? And there's another picture that I thought about as I was looking at this. He said that, remember Yeshua said that when uh, the uh, grain has to fall to the earth and die, and then it'll be multiplied, right? We're part of that multiplication. He's the firstborn among many brethren, right? One tiny seed of corn gets three ears and how many, how many kernels of corn per ear, Luke? <laughs> I figured if anybody knew, you would. <laughs> what, three, three years though, right? Give or take? Two, three, four? All right, so um, anybody have any questions so far, comments? All right, can a tree bear fruit that's different than the tree? All right, as we're talking about bearing fruit and doing works, doing works in the Lord, we're supposed to bear fruit that resembles the Lord, right? We've been told, we've been told today that our works can differ from our Lord's and they can't, okay? Our works should be the same as His works. And what are His works? It's obeying Torah, obviously. It's being obedient to the Father. Um, and greater and greater than these even. Oh, man. Listen to this point that Grant makes in the book. He says, Jesus said that he had food that the disciples didn't know anything about. You guys remember that? Like, man, we're, we're hungry. We're going to go into town and get something to eat. Aren't you hungry, Lord? And he says, uh, I've got food you guys don't know anything about. Actually, let's, let's go there. It's in John 4. Keep your place in Psalms 119. <laughs> John 4. Go to about verse 30. Actually, go back to 27. Make, it, make more sense. And at this point, His disciples came and they marveled that He talked with a woman. Yet no one said... What do you seek? Or why, why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Then they went out of the city and they came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to him, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Right? Therefore his disciples said to one another, Has... Have any of you guys brought anything for him to eat? Right? Uh, misunderstand what he's saying. And Yeshua says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. All right. As we're talking about works and mitzvot and becoming more like him, there's a, the point that he makes in that book is that Christians today will leave a congregation because they're not being fed. It's all about being fed, being fed, being fed. And to some degree, I agree with that because we are to be fed where we go. But at the same time, we're supposed to feed ourselves a little bit too, right? The, the shepherd isn't standing there holding the sheep's neck down to the ground while it eats grass, 
right? And how do we do that then is the same way our master does it. Listen to what, listen to what he's eaten. My food is to do the will of him, that's the Father who sent me, and to finish his work. That's his nourishment. That's his food, is to do the good works that God the Father sent him to do. If he's our Messiah, and we're his disciples, then, then ours is the same. Ours is the same. It's the same. Uh, our food is the same as his food is. Does that make sense? And the fruit that we bear should be the same as the tree. We, James makes that statement. He's not really talking about what I'm talking about, but he makes a statement that a, a, can a fig tree bear an olive or so on and so forth. We, we've been taught that our fruit can be different than Messiah's fruit. His fruit was to do the will of the Father, right? That was his food. The fruit in our lives can't be any different if we're really truly disciples of him. You guys following that? Um, Psalm 128.2 says, When you eat the labor of your hands, you'll be happy and it'll be well with you. Somebody else, give me a different version of that. That's kind of a crummy version. It says, when you eat the labor of your hands, the labor of your hands, that hands there is cough, the fruit of your palms is what that's saying. Be happy and prosperous. You'll eat what your hands have produced. He, it's saying the same thing that Yeshua said, that you'll eat of the, of the good works that you do, the fruit of your labors, the fruit of your good works. In this case, it's not talking so much about going to the factory, but it's talking about doing, his mitz, doing your mitzvot, yes, obeying the commandments, and the fruit that follows thereof is your food. Remember, he said... <laughs> We might need to turn there too. Actually, you don't have to turn there, but in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew 5.16. Well, let's go back to 13. Matthew 5.13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And it's your mitzvot, let your light, let your light shine before men, those around you, that they may see your good deeds. And glorify who? Your Father in heaven. If our good deeds do not reflect the Father's will, how could that possibly cause people to glorify Him? It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Salvation's a free gift, right? It's a free gift. It's grace. But our reward is a direct result of our works. Right? That's been forgotten today. And we act like the reward is, well, we don't really care about the reward as long as we're in. What a poor, what a poor attitude to have toward it. Paul said, he compared it to a marathon. A marathon that has, 
Think of the Boston Marathon and how many thousands of people are, uh, people are running in that thing. He said to run it as though you're to win it. Not to finish. It's an awesome thing to finish. Yeah, not just to sign your name on there and, and walk it out. To, to finish it and win. Um, so that's, that should be our goal. Um, all right. Any questions? Any comments? You got anything, Dave? No? You got anything? <laughs> I thought you were fixing to say something. All right. The connection with food. The word kaf means palms, but it also means spoon. Spoon? Spoon, and if you think about it, it's like a, it's our version of a spoon. My hand is a version of a spoon, okay? Um, so there's a connection with the work of our hands. There's definitely a connection with the work of our hands and the spoon, right? Um, cough at the beginning of a word. You know how we had talked about the hay and how, how it, it changes what a word means. Uh, if you put Hamashiach, means the Messiah, so on and so forth. That, or at the end of it, it, means, it makes a word feminine. The cough... The cough does something similar. The cough, okay, look at this. You guys know how to say king in Hebrew? Melach. Okay, so if you take the word king or melach, which is uh, mem, excuse me, and then a lamed, right? And then a cough. It's not a normal cough, though. It's not going to look like this. This is one of those special letters that looks different when it's at the end of a word. So we have a final cough, and it looks like this here. Does that look familiar? It's like a big old Dalit, doesn't it? Okay. Keep that in mind. It looks like a big Dalit. Okay, so Mim, Lamed, and Kaf. If we put a cough at the beginning of melach, this right here is melach. M, mem, lamed, cough. Okay, melach. Now, if we put a cough at the beginning of it, that changes that word to not just king, but like a king. Okay, like a king. These are the same letter. In the same sense that that and that are the same letter. Okay? Just looks a little different. Does it happen that way anywhere else or is it because it's at the end of the word? Only at the end of the word. I, I love what he does in this. Makes some really good observations that I never. Uh, you just. I don't, know if it, I don't know if they're anywhere else or not. That's the only place I've read them. But he talks about if you're. If, that, that word there, king, becomes like a king. And the way you'd say that is, um, melach becomes like a ch, melach, or a k. Actually, before I finish that, train, that, that line of thought, at the beginning it makes it like a king. And if you, but if you add it to the end of a word, you add the cough to the end of the word, it becomes possessive. 
So like the word chesed, which is kindness, becomes chesdek, which is your kindness. So at the end, it becomes possessive. And not just kindness, but your kindness. So at the beginning, it means like. And he talked about how if your, wor- if your life is a word, and you've got M- Messiah's, the good works of, of uh, the good works, your mitzvot before you, you become like your Messiah, yes. right? And at the end of your life, if your life is a word at the end of your life and you look back, you got that at the end. You possess the gifts that he's, the, the rewards that he's given you because of your mitzvah. Does that make sense? Did that come out right? <laughs> okay, so before makes it like something and after may, means it's possessive of, of that. So, yeah. This one here? Yeah. That's Melech, yeah. I don't know. I thought about that as I was saying it. That's kind of what tripped me up. <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. And, well, what a, a, if we did that, it would look like this. This one here would still be like that. And he, he, he also makes the observation that when, when you add it to the end and it becomes possessive like that, it's a big old, it, you're like showing people a big old door to the, to the Son. Glorify our Father in Heaven through our actions. It points them the way to that door. Right? Remember he said, I am the door. Your Melech HaOlam would be a... Oh yeah, it's already at the end. I, I think so. Melech. It's Melech, yeah. That's a good point. I wonder if that means by itself, my king. Huh. I don't either. Anybody else have any questions? That's good stuff, man. Uh, remember I said this is going to get a little more confusing as we keep going. And it's, the reason it's doing that is because there's so much, to, there's so much that we're building on. So much that we're supposed to remember as we keep going. So what we're going to keep doing is, like next week, we won't go through these first ones. We'll just go through the second, the second set of seven, 10 and 20 and 30, I believe. So um, anyway, cough. Cough is the, uh, what else do we know about cough? It's the root of the word keepa. Yeah, that's the root of the word keepa. And <laughs> if you turn that on its side, that's exactly what it looks like, is a keepa. Doesn't it? Uh, it's also the root of kippur. You guys remember what kippur means for Yom Kippur? The day of, huh? It's atonement. What's, what's atonement mean? No, it means covering. Right? It's the word, yeah. It's like a keeper. He, remember we talked about 
two weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, Yeshua, he did something different. Every year the high priest would, would go in and do the, they would observe the, uh, the, uh, day, the Yom Kippurim, the Day of Atonements. And he would atone for all of Israel. Cover up. That's why he did it again the next year. Right? Jesus comes along. He, he takes away the sins of the world. He removes them from us. That, that is a different deal. He throws them into the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west. He, I challenge you to go home and grab a globe and tell me how far that is. I can tell you how far north is from the south. Right? I can't tell you how far east is from the west. <laughs> it's a little further either way, isn't it? <laughs> All right. So go back to <laughs> go back to Psalm one nineteen, verse eighty one. Remember each of these eight verses starts with the letter that we're going over. So each of these eight verses starts with cough. Or poem. My soul faints for your salvation. What's Yeshua? I believe it's Yehoshua right there. Excuse me. Same thing. Your your salvation. But my hope is in your word. My eyes fail from seeking your word. Saying, when will you comfort me? How, How many of us have felt like that before? All right. Most of us have felt like the last part when will you comfort me what about the verse before that one my what about our eyes failing because we've dug into his word so much for our answer i man i don't know about you guys but i fail in that part of it i'm i'm real quick to ask him where you know when will you comfort me but the my eyes fail from seeking your word part is where we need to where we need to dig in. So, remember we, we, every week since we've started this, we've said we need to be viewing the Torah the same way the writer of Psalm 119 views the Torah, with love and adoration. Um, For I have become like a wineskin in smoke, yet I do not forget your statutes. Has anybody ever heard that term before? Like a wineskin in smoke. I looked up a couple different things as to what that means. And I don't know which one's right. I don't know if either one of those is right. But one of the things I read said that as the, the uh, Israelites were in the wilderness, they had a fire going in their tent, in their dwelling place. Without A, a lot of times they wouldn't have a way for smoke to escape. And the wineskin, they would hang wineskins in there and it would absorb the smoke. The wineskin, which is malleable and pliable and soft leathery would after it takes on that smoke turn black and get hard and unusable okay so there's a clue as to what he might be talking about um another another one just talks about how the the contents of the wine skin after it absorbs smoke become unusable and and uh, bad taste so either or the point is is that it it's shriveled and used up and hard and not pliable, not malleable. He wants us to be. He wants us to be malleable. Um, listen to what listen to what the writer says. Um, I have become like a wineskin in smoke. Think of it like that. I have become used up, unusable, 
hard and, and nasty tasting <laughs> and, and black. Yet I do not forget your statutes. In the midst of that, he's saying, but I don't forget what you've said. I don't forget your rules, your, your word. Um, How many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? How long do I have to live like this before you do something about it and smite my enemies, Lord? How long does this have to go on? I told Becca the other day, I was like, man, I know people that hate God and they're rich. And they don't worry about their bills. That irritates me. Man, when is the end of this? When is the end of this? <laughs> When's it going to finally be over? And those people get what's due to them. I, and, oh man. I'm a, it's a, yeah, why does the rich prosper? The, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Oh man. It, you can kind of sense his, what he's going through there. I'm used up, man, I'm dealing with this stuff. How many are the days of your servant? That means, how long do I have to live and go through this? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? The proud have dug pits for me, and that's not according to your law. You know what he's talking about there? You don't dig a pit for somebody to fall in it. You don't put a stone in front of a blind man, so on and so forth. And what he's getting at there is these people are setting up traps for me. They want me to fail. They want to see me fall. And when he makes the, he makes the statement, that's not according to your law. What he's saying there, what I believe he's saying there is, listen, I'm doing your law. Look what they're doing to me. I'm the one trying to do good, and look what they're doing to me. Take care of them. Will he take care of them? You better believe it. You better believe it. We talked about last week or the week before, I can't remember, everything kind of runs together in my head, how the wicked, the wicked are fooled into thinking they're not going to be judged because His judgment is not swift in their eyes. The righteous suffer the same, the same problem because we feel like we're never going to be rewarded because the, the reward a lot of times doesn't come right away. The truth of the matter is that will receive our reward and they will receive their judgment. It's just a matter of time. Okay? It's in His timing. The proud of Doug pits for me which is not according to your law. Verse 86, All of your commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. Help me. They almost made an end of me on earth, but I did not forsake your precepts. Revive me according to your loving kindness so that I might Keep the testimony of your mouth. Revive means give me life. Bring me back to life, Lord. According to your loving kindness. Why? So that he may walk in it. So that I might keep the testimony of your mouth. So, there's a lot for us to chew on this week. We've got to know why we're doing what we're doing. We're not doing what we're doing necessarily for the blessings. Those are a those are a direct result of obedience. We obey Him because He's our King. He's our loving Father, right? Um, Lord, give us life so that we might walk in Your Word. Um, as, we, as we close up today, as we finish, we want to be able to look back 
We want people to be able to look toward our life and see his work in our life, right? And see that huge door. See us pointing the way toward the door, not with our mouths, but with what we do. And then we want to be able to, at the end of this mess, look back and know that we did it for him according to his word. Not according to what we think his word says, but what his word says. Does anybody have any any comments or yeah, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. Mitzvah, it means, yeah, by the work of your hands. There's a do, yeah, exactly. Just like the spoon. There's a man, and that's part of that was part of what I was reading too. Is that there? It's always do. Loving our neighbor is always. It's always a do on our part. Something we do. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? Um, that that uh. It's a cause and effect. Obedience or work. Thessalonians, when Paul's talking to the Thessalonians, they, a lot of them had thought that the Lord had already come back or was so, his coming back was so imminent, so close that they quit their jobs and so on. And he says, a guy that doesn't work isn't fit to eat. Right? It's the same deal with, it's the same deal with spiritual food. We're, if, we're, if we're not doing mitzvot, we're not fit to eat. That, that word for that, that being a covering or looking like him. Look at all the pictures in this. As we walk, we're to look more and more like him, right? We're to be a, multiple, a multiplier of him. We're to, that's the root for, for covering, kippa, uh, kippur, kippurim. Um, it means spoon, which is turned upside down, right? The... Uh, the laver in the temple, or the spoon in the temple, or the the incense goes from and all that. Prayers going up. Remember the smoke. There's like a barrier between us and him. That smoke kind of covers us. The the number stuff. I I probably should get deeper into the into the gamatria or gamatria, however you say it. The number stuff. But I I told you guys I wouldn't early on because it gets real. Man, it gets out there. This number, you guys know what I'm talking about, where they'll say, well, there's, you know, yeah, the, yeah, (laughs) yeah, real similar. Like the name of God is equal to whatever it is, 26, and then so on. So, well, this is equal to 26, so it relates those two words, and I'm not, I don't don't know about that, but. 400 years, 430. Uh-uh. No, we haven't been waiting long at all. With the numbers on there, real quick, like, cough is 20. The next go on up, 20, uh, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 to 100, which is 
which is cough also, Q-O-F. And then Resh is 200. Sheen is 300. And Tav is 400. So every other number is a variation of those somehow. I don't know how that works. I'm not even going to claim to know how that works. <laughs> All right. Um, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Yes, sir. I think with the top based on the, the, the Oh, as that represents the sun. Biet, our house, represents the sun. Okay. And we're in those next seven letters that are talking about our spiritual walk. When we come to that one, this, this talks about our palm, the works of our hands. And the more we, the more we walk in those mitzvot, the more we resemble him. That's why they're similar like that. Isn't that awesome? Man, I want to resemble him. It doesn't mean we have to wear robes. Right? You don't have to wear robes every day or, or have a beard down to your waist. <laughs> Although that'd be awesome. But you don't have to. <laughs> Anybody else have anything? That was a short service, wasn't it? Back in, back in gear here. Nobody has any more comments or questions. We will close it right there. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word. Um, Lord, we ask that you would give each one of us the courage to, to walk in those midst, but Lord, to resemble your son more and more in our lives every day. And if we're not, Father, we pray that you give us the courage and the wherewithal to repent and to, and to do that, Lord, to, to turn from what we want to do and to start doing what you want us to do. So we love you today. We, we thank you that it's, that it's your grace, it's your love that keeps drawing us back, Lord. Um, we thank you for that, for that gift you, you've given us on your cross um, so that we don't have to work for our salvation, Father. But at the same time, we ask that you'd help us to be obedient, just like your son was. Is So we love you, and we, we ask that everybody get home safely. Thank you for the people that showed up today, and we ask it and pray it all in the name of our salvation. Amen. Amen.